You're listening to Phanalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV show podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. And in this episode, we are discussing uh, the series Winona Earp, episodes 201 through 205. Spoiler warnings apply. We are going to be talking about everything that happens up through episode 205. What'd you think, Annie, of of this chunk of episodes uh, collectively? chunk of episodes. <laughs> I'm really loving this season so far. I know a lot of the actors and Emily Andrus said, well, season one was about here, but season two was way up here. And that's what I agree with. It's not just more revenants and scary demons. Um, I think the stakes are a lot more personal since the demon goo is in Waverly and it's taking a bit for anybody to notice. You know, when a demon's in like the sister you love, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of scary. And then Winona. Do you know from personal experience, Annie? Well, you know, we've I've had disagreements with my sisters, and they've seemed not themselves. And oh, the demon go. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole other story. <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. But Winona, our heroine, is still her snarky self. But I I love at the same time she's still really burdened by killing Willa. And so she's really overprotective of Waverly, I think. She's like, she says, that's her only job is to protect my baby sister. And she says that without knowing the goo is there. And I was like, why not? But I think the team of the, the Winona Earp team has gelled really nicely. And Doc and Dolls have a lot less animosity and they're more of a respect uh, between them. Uh, and then there's Way Hot, which makes my heart go pitter patter. And um, the goo aside, I, I really think it's being written well. You know, it's a new relationship. It's maturing. You know, they have arguments, but then they also, you know, get over them and talk together. And, you know, they have ups and downs. So I really like how it's being a positive representation for a GLBT relationship. What about you, Chris? I want to throw a disclaimer in here uh, because I am a much more casual viewer of this show than you are. <laughs> I like the show, but I don't love the show. So if you are averse to criticism of the show, you should probably turn back now. Just just be happy with Annie's general review and uh, hang it up. <laughs> because I am I am going to be critical. I'm going to be critical. And that is and I'm, totally, that's what I love. I'm sorry. Uh, I am not loving this season. <laughs> because the show has always had dark elements, like a lot of dark elements, but it feels darker in tone to me this season. Uh, and I do think it's mostly been due to Waverly's possession and the fact that Dolls has been absent for so much of it. But those things both seem to have been resolved recently, so I'm really curious how the rest of the season is going to be. Of course, I mean, some of it's due to the way season one ended, too, and, and I get that, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in a wait and see, because the season for me kind of took a while to get rolling, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's been a really gross season. Like, there's been a lot of times when the special effects and stuff are like, ugh, and I'm just like, that's just not right. The first season was pretty gross, too, but yeah, there have been... A few things this season where... That are, like, disturbing. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how that sits with me. Like, rat smoothies, no. And people with their faces off, no. It's just, yeah. 
and their heads blowing up on screen, which I did yeah. not need to see, and I'm mad about that, actually. Oh, poor Lucado. Just when I was starting to have sympathy for her. I, I'm not a big fan, generally, of uh, watching women's heads blow up on screen. Uh, no. Anyway, so lots and lots and lots of stuff is happening. So we'll try and hit on some main points. But the first thing being, Willis' death has opened the door to this whole new breed of creatures, which was alluded to at the end of season one. But now we're really seeing it, like, right from the beginning. There's this huge, disgusting creature thingy chasing Doc and Waverly, which is what she ended up shooting at the end of season one. And... After worrying everybody for an entire hiatus. Yeah, yeah. There were many fan theories, but that was one of them, that she was shooting at something behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these creatures, they're not fun. There are, like, disgusting spiders and all kinds of icky things. And I'm like, did it have to get grosser? <laughs> but it it did. I'm kind of okay with this aspect of it. I kind of uh-huh. maybe like it. Well, I like that it's not just revenants with glowing eyes. Ooh, you know, that there's different kinds of threats now and they're being shown. Right. That's the so. part that I'm talking about. Not the fact that it's necessarily grosser. Yeah, yeah. That I can do without, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Waverly and Winona track down a big alien-like egg sack and break it apart. And it turns out that a seal has been broken and a portal has been opened to some other dimension. Is it going to let more of these creatures into the Ghost River Triangle? Is it like another gate? Is it the Hellmouth? And Chris, I think you would be particularly proud of me for writing that because I do not watch Buffy. But I'm like, wait, is Hellmouth? Is that is that, that thing from Buffy that <laughs> popped up into my head? So I had to Google it. And I was like, yes, I was right. <laughs> I saw I, this in the notes, and I was like, did did Stephanie come in here? <laughs> no, no, that was me. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> and I know there's a lot of Buffy fans that are Winona fans that have been like, hey, this is kind of like this and Buffy and this and Buffy and I'm all eh? Well, I mean, it's pretty clear watching the show that Emily Andrus is a pretty big Buffy fan. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of those types of monster thingies in Buffy, I am assuming. Well, just like the, the dialogue of the show, uh-huh. the the tone of a lot of it is sort of it's it's clearly got Buffy ancestry. I'm still surprised that you haven't watched any of it because I know, I know. I just hope I, I get mean, a pass it's not there. a criticism, Annie. It's just that you seemed really opposed to it for a while, and I'm like, but you love this show so much. I think you'd enjoy it. I know, I know, but I was just like so Zena, so. Either Xena or Buffy, and I know people do both, but I was just firmly on Team Xena. Anyway, random tangent. Uh, but are the monsters similar to Buffy, that kind of thing? There were, weren't there a lot of monsters? You said more an angel, right? It's it's more demons than monsters, perhaps. Okay. Though there are sort of monstrous demons on occasion. Okay, I was just curious. So, At the end of 201, Winona, Doc, Waverly, and the new guy, Jeremy, sign a BBD oath in blood. And Lucado becomes their new boss because Dolls is on the lam. So that's really interesting that we find out that Black Badge Division is a lot spookier, I think, than we thought. They they have a hold on people and you're all signing in blood? That's just, I don't know. You know, when Waverly says they're scary and I'm like, yeah, I agree. Because they do not seem to be an organization on the up and up. Since you've brought up Buffy and Angel, I'm just going to throw this out here for other Angel fans, I'm wondering if they're going to pull, like, a Wolfram and Hart with BBD? Because something is weird there. Which is what? 
Okay, so Wolfram and Hart is sort of like this evil organization uh, in in the series Angel. And it's a law firm, but also they're demonic, basically. They have mm-hmm. demonic origins and demonic purposes. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, we find out later in 205, Jeremy comes back to the office. He said, the reason why Black Batch Division has stopped answering Lucado's calls, they're gone. No one's there. And I'm like, okay, after a season and a half, I, I feel like that's not the end for Black Badge Division. And I, I don't know really... how I feel about that, that whole yeah. development. Because I'm just kind of like, do, do they just have like a terrible organizational structure? Like, what is going on with them? Because this season, I haven't been able to figure out what it is that they've been doing regarding Lucado and everything. Like, it doesn't, hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. And I feel like that part was, it's a little dropped. I'm like, wait, you can't just, wait, that, that thing was like behind the whole core of, you know, what Dulls is and what Winona, you know, signs up for. And what about Black Badger Division helping Winona with the rest of the Revenants? Where's that support going to come from? What about all the other Black Badge Division offices? You know, did they all disappear? I think this is maybe part of the reason I'm feeling a little uncertain about this season is a lot of the stuff they set up in season one, they have drastically changed, right? Because it was all about Winona joining Black Badge under the supervision of Dolls, and Dolls has barely been in the season so far. He had a semi-important part in the first episode and a fairly important part in this most recent episode, episode five. There were two whole episodes he was either not in or barely in. I mean, and they have to have time to work at new characters like Jeremy and Rosita, so it's kind of a balance. But I did like the revelation that Dolls is a dragon. So I guess when he's off his serum enough, he's not a lizard. He's a dragon, which I guess is a really big lizard. But (laughs) I thought that was a cool effect. I have questions still. Or maybe I just need to rewatch some of it. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, one of the things I was a little disappointed in is that Doc is the new owner of Shorty. So I'm like, what happened to Gus? Did she get dropped? Is the actress not available? So I was kind of bummed about that. I kind of wonder if maybe they just decided they needed a place to put Doc and decided that that would help integrate him into the story better. Yeah. So we have this black badge techie, Jeremy, who inadvertently ends up signing the oath just because he's with Winona and team. Although, wouldn't he have signed it already if he was with Black Badge Division? And Rosita, who is this woman that Doc has recruited, kind of joining the team, because Rosita is working on reverse engineering Dolls' serum. I really like Jeremy. I think he's adorable. He is very cute. Yeah. And there's a line he has to Rosita where he's like, you're a girl and, you know, you're also, you're also a girl. So, and there have been hints where I'm thinking, uh, he's, he's kind of liking dolls a little bit. So I, I like that implication just in terms of having, uh, potential more GLBT diversity in the show. But there are a lot of fan theories and they're really happy about that. I don't know. I'm a little confused about Rosita because I'm like, for, I don't know why. I don't know if I read a synopsis or something somewhere, but I had, I could be totally off. I'm like, is she a person that's immortal, like Doc? Where did she come from? Uh, I was going to ask you where she came from, because it sounded in the first episode like 
Doc knows her, right? Yeah. And she is this buxom biochemist, as Jeremy calls her. But I'm I'm waiting for more on her story or what the per you know, what her purpose is besides reverse engineering Dell's serum. You know, obviously she knows about everything going on in the Ghost River Triangle, at least to the extent of there are creatures around there, and you know, she's not ignorant to that fact. But because, like, we didn't we didn't see her in the first season, right? No. Okay, I didn't think so. But mm. when Doc started talking to her, I was like, did did I miss something? Am I forgetting her? What's what's yeah. going on? Well, and then he writes on her hand, "Here's one thing you knew, do need." Then he kind of blackmails her into working for him, and she he writes protection on her hand. What does she need protection from? So is it more demons or something else? Hmm. Or is she one of the revenants? I don't think she is. I don't know. Have we have we had confirmation one way or the other? No, okay. but I'm, I I'm just leaning towards no. Yeah, we'll see what goes on with them. But I love Jeremy. He's adorable. I like a lot of his lines. And when Winona, when he like detects that Winona has um, ammonia on her and he's stamping out the fire, Winona's like, you can start fires with your mind. <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah. It's like, oh, Winona, that was the wrong thing to take away from that interaction. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I think he's fitting in really well. And one thing I'm really happy about, though, this season, and I know a lot of fans are happy about, is that Nicole is getting more of a storyline beyond just being Waverly's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She's got her, you know, she got deputized by dolls to be in the black badge at the end of season one. But then it seems at the beginning of season two, oh, no, you're not. But then Waverly's trying to protect her because she didn't want her to sign the contract and we see Nicole being disappointed about that. And then we see kind of Waverly and Nicole's growing pains with their relationship, where Nicole gets a bit upset and she just says to Waverly, don't tell me how to do my job. I mean, to to be fair, I think it's fair and reasonable to be like, okay, there's a thing we're signing in blood. I'm going to not have this person I care about uh, do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that seems reasonable to me. Yeah. But then there was that really sweet scene between Nedley and Nicole where he tells her, everybody knows that there's demons here, but you still have to protect people and be a good cop, and I want you to take over for me when you retire. So he, you know, she's still really excited about that and feels, I think, revalidated. That That was a really good scene. I like that scene a lot. And that was just really cool that her career and how she's, you know, going with that is part of the storyline. But speaking of Nicole, she's had some run-ins with the Gardner family, who seems to be this rich family in town who's have a lot of influence. Two sisters in the Gardner family have been taken over by demons who have borrowed their faces, which, again, really creepy and so not cool-looking. And then there's Tucker, who is, like, the creepiest of creepers, who is just, ugh. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this storyline. Yeah, I feel like it's it's going to connect with everything, but it's it's pretty deeply disturbing what we've seen of it so far. Yeah. But who are these demon face-ripping thingies that have taken over the sisters? Because we don't know who that is. Is it Willa? Because Winona's seen him and she's freaking out, thinking that Willa's come back to haunt her. I don't think it is, but I don't know. Yeah. But I just, Tucker, ugh, makes me shudder. Because I suspect that 
Winona's assuming it's Willa has more to do with Winona's guilt and grief than yeah. anything else. So one of the biggest complications, obviously, is the demon goo in Waverly. And it's really freaky because it's not implied at first. Is the demon goo always in control of Waverly? Is Waverly fighting it? We don't know. But I think as the season goes on more and more, we kind of see that I think when you ha- you see the demon eyes, that's when it's in control. But hopefully most of the other time, Waverly's in control, which I mean, uh, that's what, what I was thinking before. But then we had this yeah. episode with Winona being controlled by the goo. And that's not how they play that with Winona. Mm-hmm. Right. She is mostly being controlled by the goo. Yeah. But not with the black eyes. But here's the thing. The demon, when it was in Waverly, was saying, I'm not having any fun. She's fighting me so hard. Oh, I realize that. But transfers into Winona. But I think the goo was not manifested as much, at least in terms of the dark eyes, when it was in Winona. Because... It was implied in interviews and stuff, and also that Winona was easier to control. And the goo initially just wanted to transfer to Winona permanently, if she could have. Or if it could have, I don't know why I'm saying the goo is a she. But because of Winona's guilt and grief and her issues, I think that made the goo an easier target for her to control. So you mean that was my- her an easier target for the goo to control? Yeah, for right. the goo to control, yeah. No, I totally get that. I'm just saying that there is uncertainty about whether or not, or when, rather, there's uncertainty about when Waverly is or is not being controlled by the goo. I would have agreed that it was more explicitly shown by the color of her eyes, except that when it was inhabiting Winona, it wasn't always that way, which casts doubt on the situation with Waverly. Which makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I'd like to think all the way hot moments were genuine, though. But that's a lot of what makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. I have to have my way hot moments, so that's what I'm trying to... I know, I'm <sighs> just saying I am but... not comfortable with doing that. <laughs> I know, I know. It's You're not the only one, believe me. But I did love how it all came to a head with 205, which I thought was an excellent episode. Uh, first to see Melanie Scrofano play Gunona, as it's called, uh, just because it kind of looked like such an interesting challenge to play that side of Winona, where she's got something controlling her, and to see Winona fighting it at the same time. Because the goo acts differently in Winona than it does in Waverly. But I also think it's interesting, and perhaps worth noting, that uh, Nicole was just kind of, you're, you're mean when you drink before noon, Winona. Because mm-hmm. I imagine she is. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. the, the fact that it's not blatantly obvious that mm-hmm. something is necessarily wrong. Well, again, the th- disturbing thing to me was that it took so long for Winona and Nicole, you know, because the, the goo was so subtle to recognize that something was going on with Waverly. Well, but Nicole did know that something was wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She thought it was something else, but mm-hmm. she knew something was wrong. But it's so subtle in some ways, so I was just like, ah. And you should have heard me screaming at my TV many a time. I'm like, stupid goo! Do not hurt Waverly or Wayhot or Winona or anybody. And then 
you know, Waverly gets her hand chopped off and I'm like, I love the goo. It regrew her hand. And then I'm like, I hate the goo. I love, so I have a very love hate relationship with the goo. Mostly hate it, but I'm really glad it regrows limbs. It was very stressful. Oh, Annie. Yeah, there was a lot of screaming at my TV. I'm sure there was. So the goo is tricky because I think it would have liked to have stayed in Winona, but then Waverly was crafty enough to get it out of Winona and get back into her because she knew that Winona was the only one who could take it down because she had to pick up Peacemaker again. Yeah, it took me a minute to figure out what Waverly was was up to there. Oh, yeah, I knew what she was up to. And I was like, but still, Waverly, what are you doing again? We're screaming at the TV. And there's that big showdown where the goo built up this thing with all these shiny, shiny objects to conduct lightning to have it transfer into Waverly forever. Although I want to know, how did the goo know that there was going to be a snow lightning storm and to build a conductor all these weeks in advance. I mean, was it just looking at the extended forecast on weather.com? Yes. So, so yeah, I just... <laughs> Although the the sky cleared when they killed the demon. So I think maybe the demon was inducing that? Yeah. But now that I'm thinking about it, we saw Winona checking her weather app when the goo was inside her. Maybe the goo just wanted... You know, the goo was keeping up on the weather. Maybe the goo just knew it was that season because it's winter in purgatory and that a lightning storm was going to come along sooner or later. But again, then why would it dissipate immediately upon the demon's death? I don't know. I I still think the demon was inducing it, but was perhaps checking the weather to make sure the timeline was still right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she did refer to a 12-hour timeline in that episode. So, yeah, okay. I can I can make this make sense. Oh, yeah, you do. You make it make sense totally better than I do. It was funny because at the end of the 205, when Waverly is sitting there on the steps and she has this, this bag to give Winona, and she goes, the goo told me things, you know, and now I know your secrets. And I'm like, for, for a minute, when Waverly was holding the bag, I thought it was her results from uh, her tests. Like, she tested to see if she was really an herper or not. And I was like, wait a minute, but she's talking about Winona. And then and I was like, why would that be in a brown sack and not like, I, I don't know, a manila a folder. folder? Yeah. Thought, I thought it was like blood samples or something. And then I was like, is that a bee cup in there? I don't know why I was thinking that, but I was close. Why would you pregnancy- hand somebody a bee cup? Uh, I don't know. Well, she handed her a pregnancy stick. It was close. Anyway, I thought it had something to do with biology. I was partially <laughs> right. I was going to, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I was kind of right. So, but still. If you, if you squint and look I through s- your fingers, you were right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Give me something here. So, I'm just did, trying to be I? I thought I a just proactive did. viewer and try to be smart enough to see if I can guess one plot line, but I only <laughs> glimpse like a fraction of it, like one fourth, one eighth of it. So, anyway. You were you were completely <sighs> wrong about P being involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Congratulations. You could be involved in a lot of things. <laughs> yay, yay me. Annie, anyway. right about P. <laughs> I will put that as my new Twitter bio. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to make it a trophy or a plaque. <laughs> the P is important because we find out that Waverly said that the goo told her it was too crowded in there. And there's this beautiful scene, the way it's shot, reminded me of Frozen, reminded a lot of people of Frozen, with the two sisters back to back with the door in between them. And 
uh, we don't know what Waverly's talking about at first when she says, I'll always be here for you. And so Winona is sitting there with the pee, having proven that she is pregnant. See, I, I did know what it was going to be about, though, because Twitter and Tumblr spoiled me before yeah. I managed to see the episode, because I go to bed before it comes on. So Sorry. I have to be honest. I was watching this episode live, live tweeting, and everybody's like, ah! And I was not happy initially when I saw Winona is pregnant, and I'm like, why? Why are we doing a pregnancy storyline? They don't work. 99.9% of the time, I believe, in storylines when you're like, okay, let's just put a pregnant woman in here. And I'm like, eh. but this episode wasn't given. I, it, there were so many hints implied, not hints, but there were so many, like such a buildup on Twitter to this episode. Like Emily was like, this is the episode we didn't give screeners out to critics beforehand or anything. And everybody's like, what? What is the big deal? So I'm like, oh, Winona pregnant. Oh, no. How are they going to do this? Well, the reason is because Melanie Scrifano was pregnant and she shot the entire second season pregnant. So they had to write it in. And I was like, oh, OK. I think that, well, you know, I think it's better to write it in than not if your lead actress is pregnant. And suddenly and, she's carrying a lot of large objects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was funny because some people were speculating afterwards, oh, yeah, Melanie was wearing a lot of scarves and coats. And I'm like, I didn't see anything. I was like, wow, they're finally dressing the actors warmly because I feel so sorry for them because they are shooting in but unimaginable cold in the middle of Calgary in winter. And I have, speaking of the weather app, I have Calgary on there just to see how cold it is when they're shooting. And it's like negative 364. And I'm like, oh, my God, that poor cast and crew. Not so, a true uh, number. Not a true figure. Well, these are made up. Facts. Sure what it, these are alternative facts, people. I'm sure that's what, you know, it feels like. But I was like, well, you know, they're just keeping Melanie warm for once and everybody warm. Everybody has warm clothes. That's great. Their actors won't die of frostbite. So I didn't have any suspicions that Melanie was pregnant. I don't think a lot of fans did. But um, respect to Melanie since I read an interview with her afterwards and she continued to do her stunts throughout the rest of the season. She's she's like five, six months pregnant at this point in the series by the time 205 aired. I'm like, well, it's going to be like, it's going to be like Xena, another pregnant superhero. Sweet. I was like, oh, pregnancy storyline. But I personally trust Emily Andrus to make what is typically a tired trope of a pregnancy storyline not be so tired. That's my opinion. I am playing wait and see on this because okay. I don't know where they're going with it, which direction they're taking it. I don't necessarily object to it, but I, I want to see where they're heading with it first. Well, yeah. See, the thing is, is that I want to see where they're heading in terms of everybody's like, oh, well, who's Winona's baby daddy? Is it Doc? Is it, you know, some demon thingy? And in that sense, I am like, oh, hell no, please. No more mystical pregnancies and demon babies. I had enough of that on Xena. had enough of that on Lost Girl. No. Yep. Me too. So, See, yeah. that's what I'm saying with the wait and see. Because yeah. if it's Docs, I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it, it'll pop out with a little mustache. and Yeah. That would be so, weird. Well, if it's a boy, you know, maybe it'll just have some fuzz on its lip. And, yeah. That's not how that works, Annie. Oh, okay. Well, it could be an anomaly. 
look, I'm making stuff up as I go along that is not true. I'm alternative facts Annie today, okay? But um, yeah, I really, really hope this is not supernaturalish. But given the show, it could be a supernaturalist pregnancy. I don't know. So I'm kind of holding my breath on that with you, Chris. I'm just saying, if it is, I'm going to cringe my way through the rest of the season. Me too, for that part. Anyway, speaking of uh, mystical pre- pregnancies on Lost Girl, you know who guest starred? Yay! I screamed in joy when I saw her name. Again. Rachel Scarson was on. I, I enjoyed her her appearance on the episode. I am not happy with the way that ended. No, I was not happy either. And then especially when it was revealed that Dolls was a dragon. I'm like, you mean we had Rachel Scarston as a dragon and you didn't keep her? And then I was like, ooh, it could have been, you know, Eliza and Winona. I was totally into the Eliza Winona ship because they were snarking back and forth. And Eliza's like telling Winona, you should see what I can do and, you know, when I'm naked. And I'm like, ooh. Because there was wrestling in underwear. Yeah. Which I also feel a little weird about, but whatever. Eh. But yeah, I was really happy to see Rachel, but I'm like, can the goo regrow ahead? Apparently not. So I'm not happy about how Lucado went out because... Yeah, I'm mad about that too. Yeah. See, this is a thing that, that happens on this show. It feels like a lot, and uh, I, I don't... I don't like mm-hmm. it because... Yes, yay for including lots of female characters. That's always good. But it seems like a lot of them got get killed off pretty quickly and or regularly. And I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> I'm, tired, I'm tired of watching women die on screen. Yeah. I mean, I'm tired of watching anybody die on screen, but especially women. As you said, I'll I'll try and do my, my Chris impersonation now when you Uh-oh. met Emily. You're like, but, but Emily, the, the blacksmith. I did. I did say that. Yeah. I say that a lot. And you know what? I'm still mad about it. Yeah, I don't blame you. I have my Winona Earp Legos. I did not create a blacksmith and a Lucado Lego for nothing. I still want them in additional scenes, so. It just (sighs) seems like that's going to be difficult now. Yeah, I know. Sucks. (sighs) But if we're talking about things that we really loved, as opposed to exploding heads, I really think Melanie is doing a fantastic job this year as... She did last year, but I think it's just, uh, you know, she can go from like sobbing on the bed to a one-liner, you know, within the space of a scene or within the space of two minutes of screen time. And her range is just incredible. And I really like how, like, an example of that was when in 205, when, you know, Winona and the gang are facing the order and Winona's about to go in and she's facing off against them. She goes, there's no way my sister is collateral damage. And they're like, fine, you have 15 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there dying and like totally tensed up. And then she goes, you've made an enemy this Friday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> you know, and I'm just bust out laughing. It's like, I, I love really that her appreciate- reaction is good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how there's a laugh in the middle of all that tension. So I love how the writing can turn on a dime like that. I do like Melanie quite a lot. Yeah. And Wynonna. One of the most awesome gifts I have seen is the gif of when awesome slow-mo with Winona holding the trophy after she's beaten up all the hockey guys and is flipping the bird. I, I am like, don't love that. Because she beat up the guys? or It just felt a little fanservice-y to me. Hmm. Well, I'm one of the part of that fanservice, so <laughs> I get it. I mean, if you're into that, by all means, enjoy, mm-hmm. but 
I don't know. I'm kind of not into it. The show does have its share of fan service because there was another slow-mo moment where Winona and Waverly are strutting down the hall wielding weapons and covered in the goo. And I figure, well, if you're going to cover Dom and Melanie with goo, make it worth your while and do a slow-mo shot. So I thought it worked. Not a fan of slow-mo, generally. Mm. There are times that I, I accept it and even like it, but anyway. Totally random tangent. I thought slow-mo worked really well in Wonder Woman, but that's just me. That was one of the times I liked it. See? It works sometimes. But that's because there's very intricate action that it slows down for, so you can mm. actually see how impressive it is. Yeah, if it's slow true. motion of people walking, I don't care. I, it's a waste of time. <laughs> I also have an issue with... with frequency of usage if it's like one shot of somebody entering dramatically i don't necessarily find that bothersome if it's 10 shots yeah no i i get it when it's overused i'm not a fan but i thought it worked for me in those two instances but if they do it every week yeah moving on i'm sorry i distracted oh, no. it's okay that's fine the other thing I like, and everybody is hint, hint the cast and the crew kept hinting at it beforehand. How Dominique has a new talent on show every week. It's cheerleading and it's singing, so I'm really looking forward to what's next. And Dominique, she really, um, you know, she wasn't just like, oh, I'll do some cheers. You know, she went online and researched how to do professional team like, uh, you know, like Dallas Cowboys type cheer stuff, and. Did, did a routine and did it for seven hours and then did the whole singing bit that same week. I think Emily, she knows of her talent. So she specifically wrote it in. Tom's like, oh, she's so sneaky. So, but I've been enjoying it. I thought she did well with the cheerleading. She's clearly very talented. I think she has a, a background in dance, right? Yeah. But I didn't know she had a background in singing because she sang in, oh, geez, I can't remember what production it was. I think it, it was, was the Spice, Spice Girls musical. The Spice Girls, yeah, with Hannah um, John Common. What was the yeah. name of that? I can't think. So. Anyway, um, I knew about that. Yeah, but I didn't know about that. But I'm not done complaining about this cheerleading thing. I loved it because it was for, <laughs> you know, need too much slow-mo, but it was for a woman. You know, so it turns the trope on its head of, I'm performing for my boyfriend. Hey, I'm performing for my girlfriend. I don't have a problem with that. The thing happening, the thing itself happening doesn't bother me. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But... The scene itself felt really gratuitous to me, and mm -hmm. uh, just I I have complicated feelings about this. And and Nicole's got that whole line about you know maybe that's everybody's thing. I'm like it's really not. It's really not. I'm so uncomfortable right now. And then I get on the Twitter, and there are these dudes that I follow who are talking about how I don't know if it's everybody's thing, but it's definitely my thing. And it just it felt really gross. Ew. I felt I felt kind of gross about it. Well, fortunately, most of that stuff I don't see on my timeline. I mean, again, I, just... I don't mean to rain on anybody's parade. No, I'm just no, saying no. I cool. personally am not comfortable with it. Yeah. What I'm comfortable with, though, again, just me, is Nicole's new sheriff uniform. It's totally not regulation, but oh well. I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure most sheriff shirts do not go that low, but that's okay. I know, right? It's not I even. Know. It doesn't look anyway like like a uh, quarter zip or anything. I know, it just it like, looks like there's no no fastening at all. It's just open. But you but you can't put a vest on oh, under that. So she better put it over it. You have to protect the lesbians. But 
Yeah, it was. I think she went a little too. Uh, maybe uh, Nicole had a little too art, much of artistic license when she said to Nedley, "Okay, we're getting rid of the khakis," because she always had her shirt buttons unbuttoned when she wore the button down. So she's like, "Hey, I'll just get a custom design to. I don't need any buttons." So, but I'm just Nedley's. saying, pull an Alex Danvers and get a quarter zip. Problem solved. <laughs> What's a quarter zip? It zips a quarter of the way. Why not half the way? Why not one eighth? I'm kidding. Are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they decide that? I don't know, Annie. Maybe they just decided that's usually as far as people unbutton their shirts. So that's how far we'll make the zipper unzip. I will go back and look at Alex's quarter zip then. Uh- <laughs> it is basically what she is always wearing. Like, that's her DEO uniform. Okay. So, yes, I love my way hot goodness again. I'm just gonna hope and pray that it was all genuine with, you know, I think 90% of it is. Again, that's my, there's that moment when Gooverly looks at the trophy and then kisses Nicole and Nicole's really upset about it. That part, I think, is the goo. But I personally think the rest of Waverly being with Nicole, you know, regular Waverly with no black eyes, I thought that was genuine with most of her scenes where she's alone with Nicole. And I really was happy that Waverly trusted Nicole enough. She's the first person she told about what Bobo said to her about possibly not being an ERP, which I'm glad they are pursuing, and I hope they resolve sometime during the season. So I'm waiting for the results on that. Again, that's why I was thinking P. I was surprised, I guess, a little bit that Wayhot had not had sexy times yet. But I know, it, during the first season, with the speed with which they were taking their shirts off mm-hmm. in that one scene, I was kind of yeah. like, huh, I'm a, little, I'm a little surprised. Yeah. But uh, I really am happy that Nicole asked consent, and that it's a relationship that is, you know, young, but it's still building, and there's still two women still figuring each other out, and I think uh, it's awesome. And of course, I love protective Nicole. Like, she's upset when she finds out that Waverly was going undercover, undercover for Lucado. She's like, what? And her defending Waverly from what she thinks is a possessed Wynonna, even though at that point I'm screaming at Nicole, turn around! But Wayhot kisses afterwards, so I was really happy. <sighs> Thank you, Emily, for giving me my Wayhot feels. But even more than Wayhot, what I really love... The one true pairing of the show is their sisters and their devotion to each other. And I think... Yes, I kind of want more. Yeah, but especially, you know, now that Wynonna's pregnant from who knows what, and Waverly's going to be beside her, and that you really saw the struggle between, you know, with the whole issue with the goo and when they figured it out and the heartbreak on Wynonna's face when she pointed Peacemaker at Waverly and it started glowing and... Then Waverly trying to convince Winona that she could fight it and, you know, 205 and just, oh, all those little moments. I could just, you know, watch that for an episode. The more of that, the better. You know, the sisters is always the best thing. Mm-hmm. I do think I liked episode five the most out of these five. Me too. Yeah. And I think that is probably why, that it does focus the most on that relationship. I mean, it's understandable that they couldn't so much the episodes before this, because of course, they had Waverly possessed and mm-hmm. probably trying to not get too close so that Winona would figure out something was wrong. Yeah. 
But yeah. So a couple remaining questions. We have this new beak-billed dressed people called the Order who yeah, are... what is up with those outfits, right? Yeah. But at least, hopefully, it keeps them warm in winter. I do, I do have to point something out. Hmm? When they were leaving in episode five, I, I just like, because there was a, a long shot of them walking away. Did they walk there? Well, somebody asked that question on Twitter. And someone's like, where's the fire truck? The producer wrote back, sorry, budget reasons. Oh, I'm sure. It's just yeah. because it was a long shot. Had it been a close shot and yeah. they'd sort of walked off screen, I wouldn't have thought about it at all. But they had this beautiful long shot. <laughs> they just sort of wandered off into the I field <laughs> in the snow. It's a long way out to the Earp property. I mean, it's kind of out there. And I'm like, that's a long walk. But I don't know. I guess these guys are dedicated. So I hope those weird outfits are warm. Yeah, me too. You know, as Winona said to them, why haven't you been around before or whatever? Mm -hmm. And Juan Carlos shows up again, and he seems to know who the Order is. And are they going to continue to be allies? Are they going to give Winona the plate back? What does the plate mean? Because it's got the image under it of the crest of the Order, it seems. But is it going to mean something else? Somebody I mean, wrote, I'm sure it's important somehow, right? Because people wanted it. They traded it to... Those guys, they were willing to get access for to it. Waverly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, someone had a theory. Uh, is there another something that's possessed in the plate? Like a something trapped in there? Hmm. Yeah. A couple questions. I, I'm really nervous, even if Winona shot it. And I did love that line. You know, I'd say make your peace, but I hope you never find any. And... I'm, like, worried that the goo is not gone somehow, or it's just something, you know, something's going to possess one of our team again. I don't know. I'm no! just worried. Yeah, it just... You did that already. Move yeah, on. I know, I know. But, yeah, where are they going to go from here? So they have some ends they have to tie up with the other demons that have taken over the gardeners, the, you know, and more demons they're going to find... Demon of the Week thing, but how's it going to wrap up? And what is Winona going to do now that she's, now that she can't drink? What's I know, that do? was she's my other be... thought too, is like, I, I kind of understand. Extra, extra cranky. I kind of understand why some fans would be mad about this, because it does fundamentally change one of the major hallmarks of this character, which is mm. that she's kind of always drinking. Yeah. I mean, there's whiskey and donuts. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she well, can't now. She can't partake. And I don't know if she can have that many donuts. I mean, that much sugar. So. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not You're not really well, supposed to. I can't wait for the one-liners next week when she's like, when she can't drink. and When she realizes these things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. It's not going to be fun. Uh, but I, I think Waverly, Waverly will take care of her. So hopefully. I hope so. Uh, yeah, but I'm nervous about where the baby comes from, but we'll see. It's because we watch too many genre shows. Exactly. We'll keep crossing our fingers that no possessions, no demon babies, no goo, no nothing. I'm sure there will be more ups and downs, but uh, it's making me nervous. I'm still sticking it out. I love this show. More screaming at my television to come, I'm sure. 
If you have thoughts about Winona Earp that you'd like to share with us, you can send those to us in a number of ways. You can send us an email at feedback at askgenretv.com. You can send us a voice message at 972-514-7223, or you can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. And you can also find us on Twitter at AskGenreTV. Fanalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of shows. You can find out more at AskGenreTV.com. We have podcasts on Lost Girl, Orphan Black, and Killjoys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>